Hey, Brazilian Dragon Squad. Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast, but you don't know where to look? Anchor is your solution. It's really easy to use, and it's also free, so it's the best of both worlds. You can record the podcast using Anchor's creation tools, or you can upload your audio when you have it all recorded elsewhere, and Anchor will do all the distribution for you. It's really easy, it's really simple, and best of all, it's free. Create your podcast today on anchor.fm. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Brazilian Dragon Podcast, here to talk about Stuck in the Suburbs from 2004, the Disney Channel original movie, and it is me, the Brazilian Dragon. And today, I have a special guest. I stole her phone. I went to New York. I grabbed it out of her purse, and then I went back home. I was like, I'll only return it to you if you come do this podcast with me. So, Miss Naomi Calhoun, how are you doing today? I'm good. I do have Gwen Stefani's number. Thank you so much for having Must me. be your lucky no, day. I'm not- I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to talk about this movie. Um, and I, I think this is like my first technically appearance on the Brazilian Dragon Pod. So I'm super excited. Yes, we're so happy to have you. How was your day today? Uh, terrible. I got pooped on by a bird. <laughs> do you want to do you wanna have any feelings that you want to share? I think it was God punishing me because I decided to um, step outside of my apartment instead of being around for work because nobody talked to me all day about work so i said well i'm gonna go to the park and have a nice little stroll and so i sat in the park for like 30 minutes and then i was like okay that's enough park i think i'm gonna go back to my apartment now and then literally on my i took like five steps to leave the park and then a bird pooped on me and i got in my hair and it was disgusting and it ruined my day because I was going to go to the grocery store after I was in the park. It was awful. I just, I just, it's been a long day. It probably ruins your like walk back because you can't get your headphones in because you're scared that it's going to get on your headphones. Oh, well, I mean, the, the cherry on top is I forgot my headphones. So oh, it was no. just brutal overall. <laughs> Hopefully tomorrow's a better day. Ugh, um, let's all let's all pray for me but yes let me just give you a quick introduction you are the lovely host of the mike white was rob podcast you are a co-host on live reality games you are a former host of ask me anything podcast is that what it's called yeah it might come back no it's called yes. ask ask you anything ask you the anything this is that i don't talk about myself and <laughs> fantastic twitter presence naomi calhoun on twitter if you don't follow her what are you doing and she also has a twitch stream which i have been on until and i was on it was a fact but you will never see the data of that um and crime. yeah it was a crime against me i take it mm. very personally that you did not save that um but yeah so yeah. um and obviously a child of the media you are a television professional <laughs> um and and so what's your <laughs> what is your backstory with the Disney Channel, the Disney Channel original movies and stuck in the suburbs? Well, first of all, um, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. Um, for me, Disney Channel original movies are a huge part of my life. I have like very visceral memories of like the let's watch a Disney Channel movie scrolling on a commercial uh, while I'm at a sleepover at my friend's house 
who was like a little too popular to be having me there, but I was grateful for the invite. Like I just, to me, Disney Channel original movies are so deeply ingrained in who I am as a person that I was on a show that's coming out soon. And one of our episodes was about like retro homes and like home technology. And I was like, you guys have talked about smart house, right? And they're like, yeah, we have. And I was like, okay, I just want to make sure that we've talked about smart house. Like <laughs> that cannot, you can't talk about like futuristic homes and not talk smart house. And I do have say la vie on my, um, I have like a Spotify playlist that I just listen to all the time. I just add songs to it. Like I don't, I don't listen to like albums. I just, here's my playlist shuffle. Here we go. And say la vie is on that. Cause that song slaps. Um, this is all to say that like, I am like, I, High School Musical is in one of my top four on Letterboxd. I'm a Disney Channel original movie bitch. And so Stuck in the Suburbs was a movie that I loved because it, I think I was growing up like right around this era. This would have been huge for me. But I had this movie completely wrong in my head. Like my my memory of it is is wrong. And I don't know where this all came from. What's your memory of? Like, what do you remember? <laughs> So I thought that Taryn Killam spent a lot more time with the girls because when the premise is stuck in the suburbs, I was thinking that he was like stuck with them, but that's not the case. And he's not really stuck in the suburbs. He's just casually in the suburbs, first of all. Yeah. And then I think I, I didn't remember the assistant at all. I thought it was all like them interacting and, and I was really... um. I was really, I just totally misremembered the movie because I ha I remembered two images very specifically. I remember the like screaming over the phone, you know, and then I remember them sitting in that tube thing together. Yeah. And for some reason, like, I guess I just thought that they spent way more time together in this movie, which is one of my big issues. They don't spend enough time together in this movie. I remember the bike scenes, especially with her leaving the Slurpee <laughs> on the bench. Uh, oh, yeah, and then, and then her dropping the ice cream cone. Yeah, I remember those. And then I remembered parts of the movie. Like, I remember they got in a fight, the friends. Um, that felt actually realistic compared to, like, other Disney Channel, like, uh, third act, like, climactic moments where they, like, fight. Oh, sure. Um, but there were, like, bits and pieces. Like, I remember, like, the thing about the house, but vaguely, I remember, like, as soon as, like, they sent the house, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, but there were, like, parts of the movie I did not remember. Um I'm gonna forget to mention this. Something I did not remember it was when the when she was eating the ice cream sundae, and then the dad takes it from the boy because she doesn't eat it and puts it in the cupboard cubby instead of putting it in the fridge. What is this heathen doing? But but then but that's a bit like if you watch that all the way through, then they like look at each other and they're like, oh no, wait, I shouldn't have done that. But also like kind of a fucked up thing to just like not let your little brother eat the ice cream. I thought that was no, stupid. it wasn't even her. It was the dad. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying is like it's it's fucked up to not let that young boy like it's yeah. gonna go to waste. Also, the most whipped cream I've ever seen on any Sunday in my life. Right? No, I felt like they were really trying to capture the Lizzie McGuire little brother energy with that kid. Well, honestly, that little kid is really sort of like creepy horny, but then also is a good character. And like I was really oscillating between liking the character a lot and hating him. But I don't I know think what that actor's up to. Uh, nothing. I checked. He doesn't have um, a Wikipedia. I remember that. Yeah, he's like he hasn't done really anything. Well, Felipe, we need to start at the beginning. Yeah, no, I just, I just that was gonna be uh, something that I was gonna forget, but I needed to bring up in some capacity. Um, but yeah, so this movie debuted on the Disney Channel, July sixteenth, two thousand four. 
Um, and we can do the cast later, but I think How this old is... were you in 2004? Uh, I would have been almost seven, I think, if I'm doing the math right. Because I, I, I would have... I was born end of July 1997. Is my math right? I, I was born end of 94 in December. So I would have been nine years old when this movie came out. So I think you would have been six. Yeah, I would have been six, but like almost seven. Right? Am I right? Wait, okay. I'm going to yeah. do the math on air. Great podcasting. Five. 98, I turn one. 92, I, 99, I turn two. 2000, I turned three. 2001, I turned four. 2002, I turned five. 2003, I turned six. 2004, I turned yeah, seven. So, so yeah, six, I was six. Okay. That's he funny. is six <laughs> and going on seven. Yeah. I'm seven. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this premiered uh, 11 days before my seventh birthday. Um, and yeah, so we, we start the movie off. Soccer mom is driving the cars the the uh, these four white we're girls we're missing something big here we're missing something big here the fake magazines to introduce this movie are oh hilarious yes it is it is more like br- more like fake photoshop than a college brochure it is like ter- it's like jordan cahill and then they like clearly just took like a bunch of photos of him and then reused them for all the posters and all the like tv spots and all the magazines like they just had like this arsenal of Terry Killam photos and these magazines are heinous when you look at them like and obviously this is what like 2004 graphics we get it you know it's not going to be perfect but like these magazines are absurd they did not even try yeah and I feel like what they could have done is like I feel like I guess it's like an image rights things but I feel like you could have at least been like oh hey like Disney Channel start I guess I guess you don't want to build the extended DCOM universe but like hey you know like who like I don't know like well not even Brenda Song like who else was in uh Danielle Pennebaker yeah like that's a Raven like hey Raven Simone why don't you be on the cover of this magazine with him or something like that oh yeah yeah you know what I mean like get this sort of um cross-platform integration and I think that'd be fun for sure yeah missed opportunity that said I did like how they like introduce each actor by like having them have a little corner of the magazine being like Ryan Belvedere Brenda Song or whoever um, yeah, it did feel like um, it did look like American Girl doll magazines a little bit. Yeah, and we gotta so, we gotta say Taryn Killam got that and credit. Um, yeah, and Taryn Killam back in the day. Through. Yeah, but yeah, so the soccer mom is driving. The girls are loud, uh, screaming just in general. They're like dancing, and then they all are like, "Wait, but we have to watch Jordan Cahill." And then they do their two step dance. Naomi, do you want to recreate it for the listeners, or at least describe it? No, but um, I do want to say that you, there's a couple funny things in this driving segment, right? I can't, yeah. first of all, I can't, how can I convey this to the listeners, right? It's just like, it's like, step to the left, clap, step to the right, clap, knock Chris over cross. a couch, crisscross, <laughs> uh, spin around. And so, so first of all, the mom is like, this is your house, isn't it? And she's like, no. And like, I think it, that's I a great that. first joke into like, this is the suburbs. The suburbs suck. Everything is boring here. And then the other great bit is like, these are shoes that my, what did you say? Like my aunt got me from New York and they're like, just kind of like basic, like jelly sandal flower shoes. 
And I, I loved that it was like shoes from New York. And I'm like, I mean, I can go to like a fucking Skechers down the street and get shoes from New York, you know? Like, who cares? Where do you think this was taking place? Like, I know it was filmed in Louisiana, but where do you think this movie took yeah. place? I, to me, it was, it, it's funny because it was very California. It to felt me. so Cal to me. And, and, and I was shocked that like that wasn't really a thing because I feel like if you do make it so Cal, then it's like way more believable that, that, that Jordan Cahill is coming to their town. Yeah. And I think it's way more believable that like, you know, oh, my, these are my, these are my shoes. My aunt got me off Rodeo Drive. You know what I mean? Like the, that yeah. I think is like more interesting. I did like the New York thing, you know, it, it's cute. I love, I love the aspirational. I mean, I blame movies like this for making me want to move to New York when I was a kid and then I did yeah. it and it's fine. Yeah. Where are you from originally? Maine, right? I'm from upstate New York. Fuck you, Felipe. <laughs> I thought that, but then you said you wanted to move to New York. I'm like, wait, but you're from New York. Yeah, I wanted to move to, to I, the city. I, yeah, okay. I, I blame no, I got you. this, um, Eloise, and get a clue. Um, get a clue. I blame all of those for making me really, really want to live in New York City and be glamorous and all that shit. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, I had something to say about that. Oh, I feel like a lot of the Disney Channel original movies just take place in some generic midwest town like luck of the irish we determined that was like somewhere in ohio um and i feel like this also could have been ohio um like but it's it's too sunny it's too sunny that's the thing so maybe like south carolina who knows yeah that's the thing is i think like yeah it's supposed to be unnamed town but like it really felt like california and i feel like that could have been something to go with um also can we talk about how the fact that this this music this trl ripoff is just called music update yeah where where's where's ari ferrari to call this out yeah but um, very funny to me also last thing on this i feel like yeah do you in now in my head i'm like every disney channel original movie takes place in the next town over from the last one (laughs) that's good i think it's i think if you watch them all through it could be completely true because they never set them in you know what it, it almost feels like you know how like goosebumps kind of like all took place in like the general vicinity of each yeah. other that's what it kind of feels like i mean it feels like it feels like maybe i just have so much mcu on the brain but it's like these are different like they're all in the same cinematic universe they all except then when like xenon happens that's just in the future or when um uh give me another one uh the the don't look under the bed, the spooky shit, or Halloween Town. Like yeah. they, they're just in the same universe, just like with magic and stuff like that, sure, and things sure, like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they go inside. They watch Jordan Cahill, and they knock over the couch, which I feel like that would not fly in my house. But I also have like, oh my god, strict- they're wearing dirty soccer cleats, dirty soccer cleats. How dare you, you disrespectful little brats! Knocked over your friends couch i would never like i and i was like a a troublemaker kid but like i would not knock over my friend's couch also uh this is the first instance of that little brother being weird and horny because he's staring at the friend's mom and that's weird i I did not even catch that you were on leer alert i was i was like watched because i was looking at the staring let me watch this movie I, i i very often don't pay full attention to things i'm watching so i was like i need to watch this and give it justice and then i was like oh that's creepy yeah so what did i write this little brother character is an icon but also way too horny character choices yeah also uh he he was like i need to finish this level it's been taking me like three weeks and then she just like does uh (laughs) 
right right left star space bar or whatever and like kills it and yeah which i was just gonna say like i feel like any anybody who um anybody who is an older sister knows that your little brother is just inherently better at video games than you so like this this is false like i was never good at video games my little brother is the one who's good at video games besides the peeping stuff and like the creepiness uh did your relationship with your brother remind you at all of the relationship in this movie like did he ever try to like eavesdrop on you or was he like more of his own sort of dude not like so involved with your life i think alec uh and i had a weird we had a really we had a fist fight relationship if that makes (laughs) sense yeah we we would often like get uh, into arguments that would end up in fist fights or like wrestling each other but then he got bigger than me so then that stopped because i couldn't win anymore and um I, I don't know this this didn't feel fully realistic because like i feel like this little brother was like wait he wanted to know so much about her life but also like i feel like normally little brother characters are really whiny and really kind of like mom like he was always threatening a rat on her but it never felt like it was like uh what i knew what i know to be the little brother experience um but the older sister God, what an icon that bitch is. Let me tell you. It was very pretty. I remember her. Because um, that character is so funny. I think it's like a great choice. We rarely ever see like the Disney Channel protagonist as a middle sister. You know what I yeah. mean? It's usually like it's the oldest or their siblings or, you know, they don't have any siblings. and Or like, you know, they're the youngest, you know, like a Miley Cyrus. They're like Yeah, the and just like running through ever, everything. Yeah. Yeah, we rarely ever see like a girl who's just in the middle of everything oh i guess that i guess that's technically um Selena alex Gomez russo like, yeah that's the only yeah, one i can think of place. um and then bridget mendler and good luck charlie but that might have been after your time uh definitely was <laughs> yeah but no because like even raven and uh lindsey lohan and get a clue marnie and halloween town uh lizzie mcguire like you make you make very good points um yeah does xenon have siblings don't remember it's a weird one all right yeah um but yeah so they they get there and britney's like so we get an establishment of the characters and like the the family and britney is bored of her life her mom wants to refurbish this old apartment built not this like abandoned house as like an historical landmark and i'm like well lady you probably stole that from the natives but okay um oh oh let me let me back up for a second i'm so sorry because i'm reading my notes now and we've missed a huge we've missed what is essentially the first like real Taryn Killam appearance yeah in the music video oh. because it's it's the premiere of the music video and here here are my notes I mean the dancing in the living room the awful chunky highlights Taryn Killam being literally an insane casting choice how old is the girl in that music video he's 22 years old and somehow looks 30 because I looked it up and I did the math of when was this movie shot how old was Taryn Killam he's like 21 22 in this movie and Damn. the haircut they give him makes him look like he's 40. The old hair or the new one? The, like the long after... hair. Okay, yeah. I was going to say he looks younger when, when he gets it cut. Yeah, like when you see him with the short hair, it makes sense. But with the long hair, there's just something like really unattractive about the look. Yeah. And I feel like that's almost like um, kind of a missed opportunity. Like I feel like the blonde highlights should have been added. They shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Like if that makes sense like everybody was doing frosted tips you know like 
Uh, anyways, that's my my Taryn Killam hair. Greg. No, we need you. You're the Taryn Killam expert. Um, what do you think only about to... Taryn Killam in this? I think as well. Do we want to do we want to jump a do we want to jump to a question that we have that I feel like is pertinent to this conversation? Um, First off, the great Aaron Callahan says no questions, just Taryn Killam, and that Mm -hmm. to that Naomi responded, "Amen" in the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then uh, AJ Norris on Clubhouse asked me to ask you, which other SNL cast member would be a great Jordan Cahill, uh, past, present, or future? And I I responded, Cecily Strong. Um, so I think that uh, in his prime, David Spade could have been a Jordan Cahill. Um, I think that, uh, oh, who's? I think Pete Davidson could have been like one of the groupies, like the like the the douchey director, maybe. No, I think Pete Davidson could have been the friend really easily. Um, Don't offend um, Eddie like that. Sorry, Eddie. Well, and also, here's the other thing is like, I remember Taryn Killam. This is Taryn Killam's journey is so funny. To Didn't me he start on Nick too? He was on Nickelodeon, I think, but let's go into the Taryn Killam. Uh, I think he was on the Amanda show. Yeah, no, I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty positive he was. He was on Wild and Out. And that's where I most remember him. Do you even know what Wild and Out is? With Nick Cannon? Young? Okay. Okay. At least you're okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's like, okay. Early career. He, uh, was on the Amanda show. Um, oh, he's, he's Spalding in Moody's point. That's right. And then he was on mad TV and then he did. Oh my God. This is crazy. He did mad TV before he did this movie. (laughs) That's fucking insane. But that, but that's another thing. You would never these days go from a show like Mad TV to Disney. That's in that would never happen these days because that would be so non-Disney of a, of an actor, right? Yeah. Like they wouldn't even let Miley Cyrus like I don't know be horny. Like you know what I mean? No way were they gonna let someone go from Mad TV. Anyways, this is all. Yeah. His his career is wild. Um. He was even on Drake and Josh. He was on Scrub. Like he's yeah. He he. he was a big fat liar. Oh, big fat liar. No, uh, I I definitely remember him on Drake and Josh. If, if like that episode, and he was um, obviously he was in How I Met Your Mother, um, a few times. Uh, because I think they all got their spouses yeah. on there except for Josh Radner, who's perennially single, <laughs> um, endlessly. Uh, pour one out for my guy, not Ted, Josh I- Radner. <laughs> Yeah, Josh Radner. I mean, look, I just think that like Taron Killam is such an insane choice. Who who else from SNL do I think could do this? Um, that's like such a good. I think question. Kyle Mooney could be the friend. Kyle Mooney could be Eddie. Um, maybe even um, um, Alex Moffat. I think from from the current cast, I think Alex Moffat could be a Jordan Cahill. How do you feel about RDJ as the Jordan Cahill? He was on Already? SNL. You don't believe me? He was on SNL. He got fired. He was R-D-J? that bad. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, RDJ. I was like, RTJ? Yes, I know that Robbie da- Robert Downey Jr. was on the shitty scenes of SNL. I Look, I'm, I'm, yeah. I didn't I feel like he could do the guy lights. Yeah. He could. He was a bit of a, like, 
like a, a like a heartthrob babe in his sort of you know twenties, um, while also being unfortunately an addict. That was a terrible time in his life, but yeah, you know, he's both better now, and we're happy for him. Isn't he like the second highest paid actor in the world, and like only behind Sam Jackson, something like that? Uh, I think he's in the most money making f- franchise. If like he he's his movies have collectively made the most oh, okay. money in the world. That might, yeah. I think it's something like that. But he probably makes bank. Um, Oh, absolutely. Didn't and, he, like, and... negotiate for, like, Endgame to, like, cut, like, he he get, like, box office numbers instead of, like, a contract before? I feel like I read that somewhere. Um, Felipe, I don't know why you're confusing me with somebody who knows shit about Marvel. Um... <laughs> because you you asked the important questions here. Like, how do you flash a, how do you smash a flag? How do you <laughs> how flash do you smash a smash? A flag? <laughs> um, also, again, we have to talk about this. That, like, the, the weirdness of, like, Taron Killam being, like, 21 in this movie okay and the girls love him is so weird i don't no, like it at, at all. the end not to like jump ahead but at the end when she's on the phone with him and he's like come to new mm-hmm, york sometime like mm-hmm. hello mm-hmm. This, this feels like millie bobby brown and drake all over again <laughs> I, this, that. Is, okay, this is this is my biggest issue um is that this character is too old and if any 21-year-old pop star lost their cell phone and it was opened and discovered, it would have vile shit on it. Like, think about, Justin Bieber was a shithead when he was, like, 18. Like, and this is actually, I think it's a Taron Killam story, is that, like, Justin Bieber, when he was on SNL, would, like, bully people in the hallways. Like, would fuck with, like, the writers and stuff because he was just a kid running around, like, being a dickhead because he could because he's Justin Bieber. And, like, there's no way that, like, first of all, this phone isn't full of pornography, isn't full of nudes from whoever the fuck Penelope is, and, like, and, like, isn't, you know... Leslie Strong could be Penelope. Or Kate uh, McKinnon. Like yeah, in his wait, give us Penelope. God damn it. The whole time I'm watching this I movie, thought Penelope like, was going to be his password. I can't wait to see... Right? I can't wait to see where Penelope... Who Penelope is played by. No. No Penelope this whole movie. I was furious. Um... And then also we forgot about uh, that she's studying the Beyonce Amendment. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was getting there. Uh, uh, also, before I forget this, AJ Norris also says, "Tell Naomi I love her." Um, I know that was so nice. I love AJ too. Yes, <laughs> an icon. But anyways, Brittany is bored of her life and wants to get out of the suburbs. And then the mom's concerned with her. It's just like, well, first off, I'm concerned that you haven't started your homework at eight thirty p.m. But also, I'm like, are you really that sad? Like, is the suburbs claustrophobia for you? Yeah. This is huge mood of like me crying in like high school. My mom being like, are you going to kill yourself? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, you know, like that just energy of like your mom is really nervous for whatever you're about to do. And you're just kind of like, maybe I'm just sad. And like, you can't really kind of, there's no, you're never going to find common ground on that. (laughs) And just want to shout out Jason Curtis Rivera and future Mike White was Rob guest. Uh, dr amanda with a a kirsten nelson shout out because she's in psych and she was the mom in this movie that's right because i did also look her up and i was like oh she's in psych yeah i was like oh she's like a one-off character no she's a main cast um i know yeah well here's the other thing about um about this is that if my mom so i used to be very dramatic and very emotional as a kid and this did you write especially as a tween yes (laughs) I, I they never really made it past the like 
original phase, right? Like they were always like kind of in my head, I would write them and then I'd be like, oh, this is terrible. And then I would maybe play them to myself when nobody else was home and I was kind of feeling emo. But if my mom ever found any of the songs I wrote as a kid, I would have killed myself because that would have been genuinely the most embarrassing thing in the world. I can't think of anything more embarrassing than my mom reading my songs and then looking at me and being like, and you're sad? Oh, <laughs> like I, I would have lost it. Um, after this, I'll try to find a song that I wrote for like a book I was writing when I was in like eighth grade. The plot was wild and it was just the most whack ass corny song. And I found it recently and then my friend judged me for it. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. I was like, I shared I it with like the writing friend. Yeah. I, I was like a kid who would like cry to like songs if they got me hard enough. Like I cried a bunch to How to Save a Life. I cried a bunch to Welcome to the Black Parade. Because if, if a song was emotional, I would just feel it so hard. So all of my songs are really emotional and bullshit and maybe if i'll maybe if i find one i'll post one one day what's your go-to sad song these days like when you when you just like want to sit in your feelings and be sad what is it right now because i know i'm a big uh, i'm a big fan of jeff rosenstock um and like sort of more punk music i guess there's a song jeff rosenstock has called nine out of ten and that one's really good oh 80s through the 50s was the song that i used to cry to about my ex-boyfriend breaking up with me. So that's the one. And I don't okay. listen to it a lot. I also, my ex-boyfriend got me into Morrissey. So if I really want to feel sad, I'll listen to Morrissey. But I don't support Morrissey because Morrissey sucks. So I don't listen to it on Spotify. Thank you. Okay. But um, so mine is a throwback as always. Uh, and it's yeah. very in the title. I guess that's why they call it the blues by Elton John. And oh God, literally in my top it. 10 of Spotify, two years running, literally I remember... <laughs> So I binged oh the first two seasons of 13 Reasons Why because I was trying to figure out what drama I should write a spec script for for one of my classes. I ended up settling on sex education. No one be worried. But after I watched it for like a week and a half, I was just like so sad. I, okay, I don't know. I, that you that show is de- life-sucking. Sad. I read those books. I read that book when it came out. To oh me, it's so funny because like, we have like throughout like high school it was really this point of like media where like they made like and and people have talked about this like lemonade mouth i never watched it but i read the book of lemonade mouth and like to me it was so weird to see this media that i because i was i read all the time as a kid and it was really weird to see like media that i had read become like essentially popular media Uh, i don't know but 13 reasons i was a book that i read and i've never watched it because i kind of like I, I remember I really, and those books made me very emo. Yeah. Like I, I was in my feelings from reading them, you know? So I can't imagine yeah. watching that show. So I binged two seasons back to back. And then I was just like set and listened to that song on repeat. And that was like probably number three that year on Spotify. But just a quick plug, uh, episode three or four of the Brazilian Dragon podcast, we talked about Lemonade Mouth, with the aforementioned writing buddy who judged me about my song, Catherine Massey. So check that out. Um, yeah, so- uh do we want to do we want to talk about the entrance of natasha yes yeah yes, so yes. let's just establish this britney is the main character danielle panabaker and she has three generic white girlfriends uh and those are the the girls that got the so- the couch dirty with the soccer they don't, they don't even get names they do in they the credits but um, i know but like but if your name is not spoken on camera you don't have a name to me same. that's honestly yeah. how i operate yeah uh, but Natasha Watson, she is walking, stomping down the runway. Uh, Sashay um, Shantae. 
I, I, if anybody hasn't seen this, it's a great watch. Um, it's also like real, 90 minutes, real easy. Oh, I, oh, I was gonna plug a YouTube video. Please, oh. please excuse me. Um, this, what I forget what her name is. I'll, I'll look it up right now on YouTube. But there, there was this this um, YouTuber who made video essays about like this era, I would say, of Disney and things like that. Um, um, and and she interviewed um, the the woman who costume designed this movie. Her name is Mona May. She costume designed things like oh, no, 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 the 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 costume director. She okay. she wardrobe designed things like Clueless, uh, Enchanted, uh, House Bunny, and movies like this. And <laughs> and she is like a fashion icon. And so, uh, oh, that's what the YouTube account is called Modern Girls with a U U R G U R L Z. And I really enjoyed her YouTube content. And um, they talk about this movie. And I think she does a really great job of this establishing this character right from the get go. The soccer ball purse couldn't be more fucking iconic. I mean, to like, I feel like if you were like soccer ball purse, you'd be like stuck in the suburbs. You wouldn't know automatically. Um, the other thing I wrote down is like, especially in this movie, I appreciate how these tweens feel like tweens because yeah. I feel like that's a big issue for me is like, you know, uh, when we watch High School Musical, they do kind of feel like they're in high school, but then they kind of age out of it, right? And then they start to feel too old. But this is a movie where like they are teenagers and they feel like teenagers and, and yeah. they are young, but they are, they're dressed kind of appropriately, right? Like I feel like um, what she was really good at is dressing these girls like normal teenage girls even if they got a little too many accessories on um and also brenda brenda song's character's name is natasha kwan schwartz and that is an iconic character name we love her um she stomps in she is like talking about how she recently moved from europe she was like living by coastal not by coastal by continental um and then uh, not Danielle, Brittany. Brittany is like, oh, you're interesting. You're out of the suburbs. I'm going to befriend you. And the, the three white ladies are like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, well, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah, but Natasha is just like, she's rich and European and New York fancy. Yeah, so I love I loved this trope of, um, and we see it in a couple, like, I feel like we see it in a couple different media things of, like, the girl who's from New York or from another sort of city who's who you want to impress. Um, and for me, I think that what's great about this is that, like, we see Brittany really trying to cover up her true personality, but then, like, Natasha's just going along with it. Natasha's, like, kind of a bully, but not in, like, a really, really mean-spirited way. And then the scene of them doing soccer is just like iconic and I kind of love it so much. Um, and and overall, but here's the other thing. And here's kind of my one main issue with this movie is this friendship is about two days old. Yep. When they have their fight, it's been like three days. Yeah. Because um, when you watch the whole, when you watch the whole thing, she's in, they're both in those same outfits, right? So it's the same day what from from gym class to like from meeting to gym class to hearing that jordan cahill is doing a music video to going to the music video to getting the phone that's one day like that's crazy and so that that's one of my big issues with this movie is that even though the friendship does feel earned because they do a good job of portraying it 
I don't believe that this... I think that the friendship should have been established as stronger and longer. Yeah. That's my first reason. Or even, like, they could do, like, the month, the fun and games month, where, like, they're befriending each other, and then, like, a month in, Jordan Cahill shows up. Like, they could even do it as a montage. Exactly. Like, it just needed a little bit more time to develop as a friendship. That's what um, I think a movie like The Princess Diaries gets really right, right? Yeah. You know, Anne Hathaway's character really really changes over time and her best friend is perturbed by it. Whereas this, we don't feel like it matters that her best friends don't care about her anymore. Like the young young girls that we only see a little bit. I thought that Natasha was a new character. I thought she was like established in one of the groupies. And then when she, it took like Brenda Song 12 minutes to show up. I looked, I was like, where has Brenda Song been? And yeah, Brenda Song is a star in this movie. Well, the unfortunate thing is that Brenda Song was always the side characters in like all the decoms until Wendy Wu. And that was so frustrating to me. Like, cause she is talented. She, yeah. Brenda Song is really, really good. And, and that's, that's the other thing is I feel like when you think about like Disney Channel icons, we go to like Raven and Hilary Duff, but I really think that Brenda Song doesn't get the, the credit she deserves um because she she pops she's really funny she has range yeah she has range she's so good at delivering a joke and and like that's what i love about her also i think at one point she talks about how i think britney talks about how she wants to change her name to like naomi which made me laugh i I screenshotted that moment like she said that to me yeah wait let me let me just oh i can't minimize this this window what the hell this is this is Naomi Folk. I, I hope you'll edit out me just kind of having a little bit of congestion, please, because uh, I feel No, bad I'm keeping that in. No, I'm kidding. Uh, let me find it. Uh, no, not that moment. Ooh. Okay. I was thinking about, I was thinking something like maybe Arabella or Naomi or Francesca. I had to rewind it because I didn't know if she said Naomi. I was like, I think she just said Naomi, but it's funny because, look, my name is Naomi You're like, Calhoun. yep, that's me. Uh, more than once. First of all, more than once in my adult life have people said Naomi Campbell instead of Naomi Calhoun. But once once in middle school, my teacher wrote Naomi Campbell on a pass for me to go to the bathroom. And like that has always followed me. And I think it's very funny when people are like, you know, like Naomi Smalls names herself after Naomi Campbell. Like it's very funny to me when this is like the uh the association with the name Naomi. It's like glamour and, and beauty and this and that. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just like Naomi, whatever. Like <laughs> that always makes me yeah. laugh. Yeah. N-A-O-M-I. Naomi. N-A-O-M-I. Um, an icon. And if you forget, you can just spell Imon backwards. <laughs> um, I never thought of that. But yeah. Uh, so they rush okay. home to, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I I also no. wrote four and a half more years until college, eighth grade. They are too old to be this publicly horny for a singer. <laughs> I feel like you just read Nicole Horn to filth. I well, I I don't know because like, did was I obsessed with Zac Efron in uh in high school? Yes. Was it kind of? It was like mostly a bit though. And I feel like the problem with this is that like they have like all these locker picks and stuff. Like oh, I that, just keep yeah. my love for like the Jonas Brothers on the inside, you know? Like they're they're way too publicly horny about this. Yeah. And there's no way that boys would talk to them if they if they had this energy. Yeah, no. Did you see the TikTok of that person who had a diary to Kevin Jonas? No, but <laughs> literally. I, and then one of now. one of the Jones is like, I should have known I was a lesbian because my favorite Jonas was Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah wait so also what i've written down is 
this movie has the same energy as when my friend and I would be on the eighth grade bus talking about America's Next Top Model and how I wanted an LG chocolate phone like she had. Because that's, I, I, that's a time for me, is me and my friend Minji, shout out to Minji, I hope you're doing well, is she was the only person I liked on my bus, and so we would sit together all the time and talk about America's Next Top Model and how we wanted to be skinny to be on America's Next Top Model, and that's what this movie felt like to me. Um, and then also, uh, she has a phone in her room and a cell phone. Unrealistic. I didn't even have a cell phone, let alone a phone in my room. How dare. I didn't have an, a TV in my room. I had nothing. I, like, I didn't have had a TV. Books. I didn't have a computer. I had books. And like, I, I was basically this... Uh, oh, they were 16 when they shot this movie. I looked that up. But yeah, no. Funny. Especially Danielle looked older than the other girls. Like, she was also super tall compared oh, yeah, to the three so wannabes. Um, yeah, so yeah. she's like she's like 16 playing 12, which is funny. Um, but like, when I was 12... I did not have a computer in my room. I didn't have a phone. Like, this is like, this is so rich people, like, cool girl privilege. Like, my, and, and I don't even, I don't even want a phone. In, I don't even want to see a television in my room now. Like, I don't, I, I don't need that. Thank you. Yeah. No. Well, also laptops these days. Um, True. Yeah. But, but like, I don't need the phone. You know, I don't need the TV playing all the time. You know, I need something to listen to for white noise, though, to fall asleep. That's me. Um, uh, my hot take is falling asleep to, to the televisions is animalistic and psychotic. See what I do right now. I told the story. Um, I've done the MCU in Spanish and now I'm doing it in Portuguese, yeah. I'm a, but I'm doing like a different order than the regular order. Um, and then when I finish that, but now I'll have to add like WandaVision in Portuguese and Falcon in Portuguese. But then once I finish that, I'm probably going to do, uh, I don't know if they have language settings on Paramount Plus, but if I do it, I would do like Timmy Turner episodes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. thing. I tried to listen to one in English though, and I was like too invested. Um, <laughs> well, here's, here's what else I have in my notes. I love that. I was too invested. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, then, then I talked about- Dinkelberg was in the episode. I had to be invested. If if this was an actual twenty two year old celebrity one, it would be so raunchy and awful to look at. LOL. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so we haven't Brit- even gotten there yet. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're no, it's all ahead. good. Brittany pretends to not care about Jordan Cahill. Like she's like Natasha. Talk to my mom about her abandoned house. And while I go like rip all these posters off, and then she left some. If you pay attention to the shot, there are clearly like at least two still there. Um, right. And what does she do with them? She like throws them in her closet that her brother is gonna snoop in later. He, he did a yeah, lot of coming like, out of the closet in this movie. I feel like that was a good example of like a moment of comedy that was not taken far enough. Like what if she sits on the bed and it makes the papery sound or something, you know, like where, like the comedy I think in, in this movie is like very weird and sometimes not there, but then yeah. other times it is there, but it's, it's very quirky. And you're like, well, just, just keep going, follow that instinct, do something that's quirkier. Like, let's go. Yeah, it was it was an interesting decision, but um, I don't know if people could hear that, but I just heard my mom open a can of seltzer water because she's very loud, and I will tell her that she needs to open it quieter next time. But mood, I don't care. I I relate. Me and your mom popping bottles in the club. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so somehow she convinces Natasha to go with her to watch the shooting of a music video, and I'm glad that like Natasha clocks this later in the movie is like. Girl, you're obsessed. Let's be real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's good. That I mean, it, it shows that both of these characters are really smart and that they're they're really uh, creative, fun people. And I think that was what we needed is like to see that these girls 
are are interesting and dynamic and smart and they're not just kind of like dumb tweens and um we we just got to get into this why the fuck is jordan cahill filming a a music video that could literally just be in a studio in their neighborhood you could literally go to the warner brothers lot and find a fountain like that and that's what bothers me maybe the most about this movie is that they did so little to make this plot point work. And I feel like because it's a movie, obviously you want to get there quickly, but I feel like just make it that like their high school won the competition or something, you know, like make it so maybe he's playing in the park. Maybe he's from that area and he wants yeah. to go back home. Like just give it one more ounce of validation like, in a script. At the end, if he was works. like, if at the end, if he was like, oh yeah, I wanted to shoot here because it's my hometown, that would have made a lot more sense. And and then he would have had the emotional theme come back. And that that's my big issue with this movie is like that there's a lot of weird stuff that doesn't fully connect. Like the fact that they've only really known each other for three days. Like the fact that this movie, it makes no sense why he's shooting this commercial there. Um, that I think really could have been rewritten very quickly validated very easily not cost any more money not needed another shoot or whatever and it would have been fine yeah um but anyways they're here <laughs> and while they're here jordan is like upset with the direction of the video so he has to go splash his hand across the water flip his hair back toss the hat and wave to the girls who also look very young um but yeah, and then he's like, I don't like this. I don't like the direction of this video. I don't like the song. I want my version. And he complains. And then he storms off and Len tells Eddie to get Jordan's head in the game. And then Jordan is like, here, you keep my phone. It has everything on it. It is my most prized possession. And as they leave, Brittany and Eddie bump into each other and swap phones. And that's, that's the inciting incident. Yeah, and this is this is fun, although I would say also unrealistic. I guess it's funny for the visual gag, but like the pink phone, like no way is he grabbing a pink phone and running away with it and then not noticing. It's also funny because it's so 2000s that like people aren't so completely dependent on their cell phones that they're like not immediately noticing that they have the wrong phone. I think yeah. that's also very funny. Yeah, you know, he would get on the bus and like pull out to like go on Twitter or something and like immediately see that it's the wrong thing these days. Um, or couldn't even open the phone. Like that's how he find out. Um, mm -hmm. Question, is your phone password your birthday? No. Yeah, amateur hour. We're both over 14. <laughs> um, it's mm -hmm. factory, factory break-in or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah, it was weird too. My my passcode actually, my passcode is my middle school locker combination, which uh, so is do just you have a lot of stress dreams that you forget your locker combination? Because I have, I used to have a lot more mm -hmm. of those, and I feel like I used to have a lot of those, and then a lot of like me forgetting my lines in a production. But I feel like lately it's Ooh. only been that one, and I feel like that's like some uh, sort of creative juice, uh, like that that like it symbolizes in dream. I looked into like the dreams of it all. I, I used to have a, a recurring nightmare that I forgot my lines or that I got or that I got like freaky Friday into the person on stage and had to improvise my way yep, through it. I don't know why. Um, or even like then, if you're on, backstage in a techie and you miss your cue or something. That stuff. Mm -hmm. 
And then I uh, frequently have nightmares as an adult that either A, I'm back at band camp and I'm being bullied <laughs> by the girl that didn't like me. This one's time or at band B, camp. Or um, <laughs> B, this one's at band camp. Uh, I had a boyfriend. And then at B is um, that I forgot my saxophone at home. And then I just show up to band and I can't play. And I just have to sit there and like be shamed into yeah. not playing. Yeah, I have I have very strange dreams a lot of the time. A lot of my reoccurring dreams these days are Amazing Race themed, whether like they're in like bastardized va- locations of like places they've been to on the Amazing Race. I once had a dream that Mike Ermingtrout from Breaking Bad was like, <laughs> did not want to be there. He, they almost got eliminated in 10th place, him and his like uh, granddaughter. And then they made it all the way to the final five. And then he just like, got the fuck out he was like i'm done with this and then they brought back like the the person like an early blue like this random black woman who doesn't know his granddaughter to be to finish the race they were like they had a competition for who would come back and finish the race it was wild um but he just like peaced the fuck out yeah i i um i i agree i feel like those like those nightmares i i mean i haven't actually had any amazing race nightmares though like but those I'm nightmares are so since visceral <laughs> I, I mean you did you just you you couldn't finish amazing race six that was the, the amazing race nightmare yeah that, that was my own amazing race nightmare um, um look i don't like watching racists win sorry <laughs> but um, you tolerate jonathan and victoria but you draw the line at racist winning i draw i i draw the line you draw the line at race animal cruelty <laughs> yeah. um what else uh eddie is hot is one of my notes <laughs> <laughs> i i looked up i like tried to see what these like random people like between eddie and the brother and yeah. the sister i tried to see what they were up to and only the sister really oh, went anywhere um yeah but um but eddie is like this weird eddie is a strange character oh, i had a he sounded like adam klein at, in different parts of the movie <laughs> he did um uh, Eddie is a strange character that I forgot existed in this movie. Um, and I think honestly, like it's a good setup, right? They are friends, whatever he's, but, but no, in no way does the manager and producer let this guy have so much control over Taron Killam. Yeah. And he's like, not like his assistant. I, he's just yeah, a friendager. Exactly. Like, I feel like there's not any of this, like, if they want but also when you that, become you a, when you become a famous executive you're obviously gonna hire me right as your assistant <laughs> obviously you can go pick up the seltzer just kidding that's not nice um but yeah i i think that like this character is, is kind of strange but i like it's a strange concept right that it's just the friend who tugs who totes around yeah. but then also has these responsibilities i think it would have been better if he just didn't have the responsibilities and was just there to be like a heart to heart um, and maybe to be the foil of it and be like, hey, man, like, you know, we just want you to have a good time and be yourself, whatever. Um, Taryn Killen being like, hey, here's my phone with all of my songs on it. Download them. And then him just being like, I don't know how to do that. It's such a mood for how I operate at work. Like, Relatable. it's such a mood of like, I don't know how to do that. I'll figure that out later. Yeah. No. Also, um, I feel like they like dropped a single crumb of a hint that Eddie also was like, had aspirations to be a performer and then at the end when it's not jordan and him i was like what the fuck like you don't just that just not just that doesn't happen yeah i think that that's my biggest gripe is that um is that like 
the Eddie reveal at the end is not earned whatsoever. And it's not a good ending to the movie. And we will rewrite the ending to this movie. We have been recording for almost an hour. And I, I promise you, we will go for another hour and rewrite this movie. Yes. We haven't even gotten to like some of the, the fun stuff. That All right, let, yeah, let, let's, let's crack it. You sure? We can go as slow as you want. No, let's keep going. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so um, they, Brittany, Natasha, and sister end up going to the hotel. Sister is Jessie. I later found it out. I didn't write down her name. <laughs> but uh, Jessie is very academically gifted, but she, this bothered me. Apparently she was on a learner's permit and she was driving two teenagers. Like, where is the parent? I don't know. That bothered me. I mean, I liked, I, I mean, I kind of liked this character, like being so, you know, panicked and all this stuff. But I also think that like, um, wh- what a bitch sister, because if you, first of all, this, this, this sister is the, is the kid that you had in class. We'd be like, um, teacher, you forgot to collect the homework. And you'd be like, oh, she's bitch. mentioned that she like, she took a test. She got yeah. the answer I got right. A, I got a grade. Uh, she got Fucking an answer bitch. right, but the teacher said it was wrong. And then she like went and probably spent like an hour debating the the answer. And then the yeah. teacher was pro- like changed it and was like, "Yeah, but my grade goes higher, but everyone else's goes lower." And yeah, that bro, nobody likes you. Yeah, and um, so I I thought it was kind of absurd that like she's like, "Hey, can you drive us to this hotel?" And the sister doesn't know why because the sister wants to get the fuck out of there. Also, okay, I don't know about you, but I don't I don't understand, I guess now as an adult, this like whole home for dinner time thing. Like when I was a kid, we would have dinner at all different times. My parents would be like, eating dinner right now and it's 9 56 p.m. That's what I mean. Is like we would eat dinner at different times, but also like if you ended up missing dinner, that wasn't a huge deal. You just your dinner was cold. Like yeah. this is such a weird, like as long as it's not after curfew, I don't know why this is such a huge deal. But then also, so the sister drops them off and she, they have like two seconds to talk to the man himself, Drew Seely. Kip, before, AKA David. Yeah, before they like force her to get back in the van. Like that sister is not helpful. I feel like that sister should have been way more understanding of the situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is when uh, Natasha, like, so Brittany tries to get David to work with her. And she, he's like, nah, no, you can't. Just, you're a random fan. Of course not. But then Natasha rolls up and she's like, Kip, let me call you Kip. And he's like, my <laughs> name is David. And he's like, okay, Kip, you call them right now. And then uh, Eddie, like, they like was like, we have something of yours. And Eddie's like, ha, 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 no. And then they, they get in the car and Eddie's like, oh, shit it's a different phone and he like sprints down um and mm-hmm. misses them and then now actually no he doesn't miss it he runs into the back of the car oh yeah gets <laughs> knocked back on his ass and then they're like what was that and then they keep going and then i love that they had like makeup do a little like smudge on his forehead um yeah but i just don't understand how they don't stop and get out of the car and check for something at that point yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, I, I like that as a plot point. I also think that um, there's also a great Natasha line, which we which we skipped over, which is, that was me caring for one second. And like, <laughs> iconic, you know? Um, like, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. You know, like, very iconic bitch, but not too mean. But like, yeah. this is me caring for one second. Put that on my tombstone. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I respect kicking the shit out of your brother. I don't know where this note comes in, but 
I assume there's a scene of like her beating up her brother that I forgot about. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that scene, but uh they they do get up and they do end up at home. Oh, you you mean like when she he's listening through the stethoscope and then she like slams the wall? Is that oh yes, scene? yes, 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 yes. Exactly. Um, but they Eddie calls and the girls want to speak to Jordan to give the phone back and he refuses. So they start to mess with Jordan's hair and clothes and we get some montages. Uh Louise is required to like get on her knees and like feed him raisins or something and cut his hair. Uh and yeah, it, it makes him happier. And Brittany then unlocks the phone with her brother and finds the lyrics of Jordan's version of More Than Me and realizes he is unhappy too and feeling isolated. So Yeah, I feel like it, it's it's insane that it takes her that fucking long to realize that it's his phone. Like I, I don't I don't understand why it takes her so long to realize that. Whose phone did she think it was? Eddie's? I think she thought it was Eddie's phone. But then I was like I was like, if you just look at it for like two seconds, I'm sure that like you can figure out that it's like Jordan Cahill's phone. Yeah. It probably has yeah. a backdrop of Penelope if it was a modern phone. His lock yeah, screen. Like, I, I just wish that we saw Penelope. Um, <laughs> Who should have played Penelope? Which star from this time period? I think I think put Hillary Duff as Penelope. Like Haley Duff was Hillary... in the movie as a song credit. She could probably do yeah, it. Yeah, just put, put Haley Duff in. Because, like, I feel like that scene on the phone is, like, so... It's also so carry. creepy. Yeah, like, it's very creepy. But, like, she it doesn't thinks carry that this middle school girl. Penelope. Ugh. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Penelope deserved more screen time, and that's what I say. Um, that was really creepy, though, because, like, she thinks that it's because he's seeing this girl who has the phone. That's, that's how I read it. And she's, like, 12. And, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, any any thoughts on the haircut, the wardrobe, the... Uh, I mean, I love that his wardrobe became Tony Hawk Pro <laughs> Skater 2. Like, that was very funny to me, that that was the upgrade, quote-unquote. Um, the hair, Taron Killam is very hot when he cuts his hair. And, and like, that that was the moment where I was like, oh, okay, it makes sense that this is him now. But but before, also the raisins bit was very funny, the, like, you know, don't, don't look him in the eye and kneel. Those are good bits. Um... But I also just kind of think it's an, it's really funny that like the whole premise of this is essentially that like these girls are fucking with his life and then they don't understand why his agent might be furious and he might lose all of his money and, and gigs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if somebody cut Justin Bieber's flippy hair in 2008, like the world would have exploded. Yeah, uh, but they didn't. And now he's a trash bag still. But now he's, ha- now, but now Jordan... Now Jordan Cahill's happier. Jordan Cahill or Justin? Uh, I don't care about Justin Bieber. Yeah. Now Jordan Cahill's happier because he has a haircut. And yeah. His dogs show up. It's like wild. And then know, he plays I... frisbee golf with the security guards. Yeah. And then also Good Life by Jesse McCartney is playing. It's the yeah. good life. So why are tripping? Jesse McCartney icon. Yeah. Shout out the turtle. Um, Jesse McCartney, very good in that one Sweet Life of Zach and Cody episode. Love that one. Yeah, no, we we're, we're here for that. Uh, but uh, Brittany wakes up in the middle of the night and uh, overhears mom and dad. And mom is upset that the house rally isn't going to be successful. There's only going to be seven people and none of her kids are showing up. And she was like, idea, I'll plan for Jordan to have him show up and perform at this rally. Um, so mm-hmm. 
she puts it in his schedule and she, she brag, brags to the white girls about knowing Jordan and takes all of Natasha's credit. And she's like, but I actually talked to Madonna and I actually cut his hair. And I, I and Natasha is peeved. Like this girl dips. Well, and I think this is a really good escalation, right? Of, of yeah. their story. Great moment. It's um, It's good at demonstrating that like, uh, Brittany cannot handle this level of importance because I do think what, what this movie is great at is it shows exactly what the character's conflict is, which is she wants to be important. She wants to be the only bitch with those New York City shoes and her stupid fucking friend went and bought them online. That I can't believe it. Fuck her. But this is a good setup to that storyline of like she cannot handle not being the center of attention and she needs to basically be acknowledged and i i loved it i love that she like basically she was just like oh my god yeah i know madonna now yeah uh don't no uh i i love that madonna just hung up on them (laughs) as she should as she should um but uh yeah so we it keeps going and then this is when Brittany accidentally gets jordan dumped by penelope when she picks up the phone and then she's like, Natasha, I need your help. And Natasha's mom spills the beans, basically, like, and it exposes Natasha's lies. She's like, oh, she's shy. She's making friends. Uh, her dad were, is in, at a work conference in Buffalo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the the girls end up fighting. And what a gag. What a the, gag. The mom comes in and is like, what is going on here? And Brittany cries and bikes away to some song. I think it's stuck in the middle with you. Was that the song that played at that moment? I know that played in the movie, but um I don't I don't remember. Um I, I just remember that like this was a good twist that I forgot about. And I See, was I gagged the when it happened again. Yeah, I, I forgot that the, the twist is that, you know, Natasha's a phony too. And I love that. I think again it just shows that like when you're a teenager, you're trying so desperately to be cool and to be liked and to be important and 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 hot and fashionable and all these different things that you're not because you're like 12. And I think that this is such a good symbolic sort of storyline of that is that like, no, you're not from Madrid. You haven't been to Spain. You haven't been to New York. You haven't been to France. You've yeah. just been to Buffalo. And like, that's okay. You can just be from Buffalo. What is middle school of not insecurity persevering yeah i don't think that, <laughs> I, I that broke say, you every time you every time you make those jokes it gets me <laughs> i i loved how hard you laughed earlier today when i was like what is life but misogyny persevering <laughs> that one sent you um oh man but also like um uh the that that means or i guess that joke structure always makes me laugh but the, what danny and i quote to each other is like the da Vinci joke i love da yeah. Vinci. i think it's fucking hilarious so like if we if we like anything that can rhyme with da, da Vinci, like our um my heater over here that you can't see i have like a portable heater because it's really cold the brand is delonghi so we'll just be like delonghi <laughs> like it's DeLonghi, funny i'm da Vinci. i I love Davinci and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> Those guys are weird and I love them. It's shrinky. Let's see what else do I have? <laughs> the shrinky. Uh, the shrinky dinky. Uh, what else do I have on here? 
I love the I love the pilot to the Tony Hawk look. I love the oh the pivot. That's what I meant. Right. I love the pivot to the Tony Hawk look, and then her singing is so weak. Oh yeah, can we talk about Britney trying to sing a fucking song? I did not pay attention to this moment. I kind of zoned out. <laughs> okay, yeah, because her singing is terrible, which is kind of funny. Was it to more than me? No, she was singing. I think her own like song. Isles in the Sand or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Oh, also all this discussion of like, you're a good songwriter. I would never, ever show my friends my music ever. I can't believe that this bitch would show her friends her music. Um, but I'm surprised it, she didn't have Jordan hearts all over it. Like and yeah, right. Natasha didn't s- snipe that. Yeah. And I, I just think that like in, in this, in this moment, like her singing is so, is so bad. And I feel like we don't get a lot of character growth in terms of her music even though we see it as a plot point like all we basically see is like jordan being like oh if you're a good singer keep trying yeah if you're if you're a good lyricist keep trying and like i, I feel like this really needed almost kind of like a josie and the pussycats thing where like these two girls are like musicians and like you know maybe one of them's a singer and one of them's the songwriter but i guess it's kind of like pixel perfect you know like i i feel like it was missing that sort of like element of of britney having a final win no, I, I agree with that. Um, and I feel like Danielle Panabaker can sing probably better than that. Yeah, but she, she was pretty terrible. Yeah, maybe um, they, they they tried to have her play it up. But yeah, that was wild. Um, I love that she bikes away. Somehow, in between biking away, she grabs a slushie or whatever. Um, and she calls Eddie at the park. It's like, you can have your stupid phone back. I don't want this. And I'm sorry yeah. for ruining everything. And he's like, I'm sorry, Jordan left an hour ago. And like, you should have told me this earlier. Um, and then mm-hmm. she sits on the bench crying and Jordan calls her and she tells him to wait. Also, there was one moment where they're in the fridge that I forgot to highlight. Eddie's in the fridge and so is uh, Natasha and Brittany. And they're looking for something. And there's this weird cut for like Eddie, like Eddie's in the fridge. And then like, because they're like on both sides, they're probably like editing and like he jumps out and it's so awkward. Um, and I, 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 I loved the way that they shot these, these phone conversations. I thought that was really fun. I, I, I enjoyed the way that they would structure them and kind of like, they, they kind of remind me of Drake other. and Josh, like the intro to yeah, every Yeah, a little Josh. bit. And I, I loved that. I kind of loved how they had this really interesting energy um, to those phone calls. And um, I, I think they were, I honestly think the phone calls are kind of the highlight of the movie. I, I gotta be honest. Like, I think yeah. that they're, they're giving the girls that and then the bike ride like they're giving the girls the most fun they're like and eddie gets to to do stuff too like honestly taryn killam didn't have a ton to do this movie until the end all right let's talk yeah let's talk about dumb bitch jordan cahill who decides to sit on a park bench and then goes to a diner and takes his hat off and is like oh nobody will recognize me the most famous man with highlights ever in this universe. And then Dumbass. they have Jordan Cahill bobbleheads at this McDonald's knockoff as their toy. Um, yeah, um, yeah, burnt. You're wrong. Um, and he runs away. But uh, <laughs> meanwhile, Brittany is being chased by Eddie and Len, who tracked Jordan's phone. And Eddie is like, "You could track his phone the whole time." And then I don't know if you were you've noticed in the in the chase scene, it's like the the car the phone is now on lemon drive the phone is now on orange drive the phone oh, is yeah. now on strawberry drive or whatever um, yeah like cherry blossom drive yeah yeah, yeah. that was funny i like but that. like they had like someone on the on the call um but 
they they track Brittany. Brittany goes inside her house and runs upstairs, and Natasha's there, which is like, yeah, why? Why don't you like just sit in the couch? Why are you in her room? That's a little weird, but it worked for the movie. Yeah, and um, the other thing that I I wanted to talk about is that uh, I think that this um, this agent is a great villain. I think yeah. he's, he's a great villain. He's really like powerful and threatening and and kind of the 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 meanness to the niceness and i think that like this is a a good character and i think objectively like what what i do like about the story we've got a good protagonist we got a good friend character we got a good antagonist right we got a good side character we got an interesting family like i think overall this casting is a real hit here and um, I do think that the movie concept is interesting. I just like, I feel like the ending, all of it leads up to an ending that is not satisfying yeah. and that's what needs to change. The one critique I have, the wannabes could be a little more racially diverse and the town. Yeah, itself. it's just three, three tiny ass white girls. Yeah, I feel like, yeah. I feel like, especially if this movie is shooting in Louisiana and you're looking kind of like for New Orleans, you know, natives to be day players, like it's a real miss that like you couldn't even yeah. have like one African-American girl or one Hispanic girl like there in was this group. Like one... such a miss. There was one black girl in the phone call montage at the end, and then I think it was just Brenda Song there, and Brenda Song's there's mom. There's like in the one, movie. one yeah, diversity. one young black girl in the gym class, and then like another Asian girl, and like that's okay. not enough, you know? Yeah. Um, that, I, here's my notes. That's such an enormous Sunday. The flashback reading Natasha for filth. <laughs> I love this friend. I love this fight, and then the highlight reel of their five day friendship. I swore they spent so much more time with him. I can't believe I just had that wrong. Yeah. No, it's only at the end that they, he, like, even him, he probably, like, showed up for three days on set and called it a wrap. Yeah, because he's not even in the ending. I think that's the biggest indicator that he maybe shot, like, four days worth of, of episodes and then, like, went. Yeah, but, yeah, that's probably why they had Eddie at the end. But they they make up, and then the brother is like, here's your bike. They, they jump the fence to their neighbor's house oh there we go two other um people of color characters but one of them is like uh Brittany, can you babysit next week and she's like oh, great great sure bet. yeah yeah um i love, I love that they were so unfazed by like these crazy children jumping into their yard yeah mood just oh there, there she goes jumping the fence yeah um, um but then they bike and did you ever ride a uh, pegs on the bike yeah, but I felt like I was too scared to at a point, and I stopped being, you know, like yeah, the the person who like wanted to be be riding in the back on that. Yeah, um, I feel like Brenda Song. They probably like rehearsed that for a bit because she was she was cruising with that ice cream cone in the back. Great, great bit dropping the ice cream cone. You did that yeah. on purpose. Um, and I love I love the makeup of the friendship. I love them getting back together to do this. It's really great. The minivan, them chasing them in the minivan is so funny. Yeah. Like, I, there's so many sort of hits here. And then the the end sort of revealed that, like, they found the phone, but they're not with the phone is, like, another great symbol of, like, yeah, yeah fuck the phone. And I like how so it good. comes full circle with the brother uh, helping out at the house. And then later when they ditch the phone, the sister's the one driving them. And, like, kind of full circle. Like, everyone in the family pitches in to get. Yeah, and and then on top of that i think i think what i love is that like she's like okay you're gonna sing at my mom's event and um that she releases the music to the world like i love yeah. how the audacity of these bitches you know they they really go for it 
and I love them. Um, but releasing yeah. the lyrics to the world, I feel like, is a really bold move. Because then someone and... can claim that IP, right? Yeah, but like, well, I not I guess not even that. But it's like, what if Jordan like didn't want to put those out there? You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of like I feel like it's like the Taylor Swift of it all of like, you know, let let the artists have ownership over their content. Yeah, exactly. But these girls, they they extorted and uh, invaded privacy. They did not care. Um, but yeah. yeah, even like just to go back, the character moment of like the mom was worried that none of her kids would show up, but then at the end, all three kids came through in different ways to help like save this house, like with the sister driving, the brother getting the bike, and then obviously Brittany doing her thing. Um, that was nice, but yeah. yeah. And they get also oh, the little bit, oh, it was just a little bit of them being like, all right, how are we going to tell everybody we know? Just call my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just ring up my four bitches and tell them that I uh, I have Jordan Cahill's, Jordan Cahill's lyrics, Jordan yeah. Cahill's lyrics. Jesus, they, I'm having a one. I'm on one tonight. It listen, it happens. But uh, they sync the phone and they meet up with Jordan in the tunnel. Or no, he's being chased by fans, and then they like lose the fans and they hide in the tunnel thing that you you remembered. And I remember the tunnel scene too. Um, uh, they should have sang the tunnel song from Avatar, but. Um, <laughs> The secret tunnel song. Uh, I'm on TikTok. (laughs) But you don't watch Avatar. Exactly. You should. Um, But they sync phones and Britney releases Jordan's version of More Than Me. They leave the phone and bike behind and catch a ride to the rally with Jesse where and Len and Eddie find the phone and the goons run into each other in the tunnel (laughs) and the bike is there and then uh, Brittany gets Jordan to the rally, gives him her guitar, which like, why? And we can talk about the guitar performance in a second, but Eddie shows up and tries to stop him. Len gives him an ultimatum. And then he's like, nah, this is my best friend, Jordan. And Jordan performs more mm-hmm. than me. And we need to talk about this guitar performance because mm-hmm. the man, his hand was stable in this position. He was literally fake strumming over the neck where you're supposed to do in the, in the guitar circle. Like, I barely play guitar, and even I could tell that this man was, like, faking it so hard. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's my biggest issue, and, and we'll talk about this right now, is that, like, my biggest issue with um, when the, the artists don't sing their own songs and they don't know how to play instruments is it always feels fake in the end, because... Uh, Felipe, uh, I accidentally discovered this before Felipe could reveal this to me, but do you want to reveal? Because in the credits, Jordan Cahill's music is credited by Jordan, Jordan Cahill. Cahill. Yeah. Who, who is the real voice of Jordan Cahill? Uh, confirmed by Taron Cohen himself. It is not him. Uh, it is Drew Seeley, or as Naomi said on Clubhouse, the bitch who did <laughs> Zac Efron's vocals in the first High School Musical. Because <laughs> um, so well, Naomi was like. I wonder if he sings it or if it's like a situation with Zac Efron and Drew Seeley. And then I was like, oh my God, Naomi, if only you knew that it's also Drew Seeley. Drew Seeley, what a wild career that man has had. I I, I really feel for him because like he really had it kind of tough of like, he never really popped in like an Efron or or even a Taron Killam way. And he just kind of does, I bet he could really do well in Hallmark movies. Um, he probably and, done and, them. I, I feel like, so this is, I mean, it's a smart choice, right? Get a pop singer like Drew, Drew, what is his last name? I already forgot, Drew Staley? What is it? 
Seely. Yeah, Drew Seely. Sorry, I, I literally already blanked on it. Um, but I, he's I, probably a better singer than he is an actor. That's probably why. Yeah, what? I just, I just think first of all, I don't really like either of these songs. The, the I don't like the More Than Me. I don't like the More Than Me acoustic remix. I don't like the Make a Wish song. You liked Make a Wish. You were bopping. I was bopping out because it, it's got a beat to it, but I don't think any of these songs are good. And that's my, one of my, another big problem I have with this movie is that like the songs are so um, bad that I don't believe that this man is a pop star at the end of the day. Like, and, and that's a big thing is like, I don't buy that he is a pop star. The one thing I'll because- say about the songs on this point is that uh, Jordan Cahill, his songs all kind of like sound the same, but the other ones are kind of unique. Yeah. But yeah, I'll let, uh, what was the point I cut you off rudely? Uh, I, I guess the other the other part of it, um, the other part of it is that I guess that like, I think that what this movie should have done is one of two things. One, uh, Jordan Cahill is not a male pop star, but a female pop star. And it teaches the same lesson as like the Lizzie McGuire movie with Isabella. Another creepy plot line in that movie with the with the paolo guy but, yeah. paolo a pervert or they make this character this jordan cahill character their age because i don't feel like it's uh i i i understand that like oh yeah kids can teach them to like be more free or more exciting but like if that's the case and these girls are already 16 just make them 16 make the male character 16 or make them all high school seniors. You know what I mean? Like put them kind of on an equal playing ground. Because even like a young I, boy band, like a Hanson sort of vibe. Right. Because I feel like the problem with this is that when he's singing these songs, I don't buy that like a 21 year old man is singing this and either, and, and also isn't aware of the image that he is, right? Because because when he's complaining about how his music doesn't get sung, I don't think he really like understands the image of like, oh, I'm just like a pop star that like young girls are horny for. Like, I feel like he just thinks that he's, um, he's just like a musician who hasn't had his genius recognized. And like, I feel like he would be smart enough to know that it's like, yeah, I mean, the problem is that like you just sell a ton of records with like 12 year old girls and like, that's what you're gonna have to be. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. You know, just like, I I don't think the character choice of making him like 20 something years old is correct. Is it iconic after all this time that Taryn Killam has played Jordan Cahill? Absolutely. And for some reason, nobody used to remember that except for me. Nobody would remember that he's in this movie. And I would no. like mention it and nobody would remember. I don't know. You and Aaron Callahan. We just got to, she Thank knows. You. Yes. Um, yeah. I just want to apologize an hour and 30 minutes into this podcast to Jenny Onum and Jenny Onum only because of the amount of times you used it h word in this podcast we use <laughs> thirsty in these streets horny sorry um uh, and look at the end of the day uh the ending of this movie is buck wild and stupid so let's yeah. talk about it so uh and it ends up uh britney is in the car with natasha who has joined the soccer team um and Jordan calls her on the phone. They keep in touch, invites her to New York. And she's like, nah, I kind of want to stay in the suburbs. Because I forgot that. They bonded over being in the suburbs um, and like their mentality. Um, Yeah. But Brittany's happy in the suburbs. She's also like 12. Um, And then Natasha and the white girls and Brittany uh, go inside 
they watched the new music video featuring Eddie now with like earrings and like a different look that did not work for him. I'm sorry. Yeah, like a slicked back hair look. Yeah. Kind of bullshit. He, yeah. He I feel like he could he could pull off the stud earrings, but not the not the hoop. Um, but I don't know. And then the fangirls, the the wannabes are all background dancers with Britney and Natasha, and they're dancing along. I'm like, how? But anyways, go off. I'm I'm giving you the room, the floor. Well, okay, here first of all, here are my notes. Um, not somebody screaming, change my world when Jordan is giving the big speech. God, the Jordan music is so bad, lol. Another friendship highlight reel. Devastating we never get to see Penelope. So creepy to have them be friends, lol. And in his music video, Eddie? Not ending with Over It by Annalise Vanderpool. So, one. Uh, Jordan <laughs> playing Vanderpool. the song is, like, is so stupid. Two. Um, the here here's what's here's what's insane one the phone call the phone call is insane because we don't see taryn Killam on the other side we he's just inviting her to go to new york like what the fuck is that i guess it's supposed to show character growth but like i feel like what he could do is be like hey um you and everybody should come to my concert in New York and she'll be like oh we can't come like why does it have to be just come for a weekend that's weird that's weird two that's fucking weird two why are they in the music video because we never ever ever establish that she wants to be in music videos right she just wants to write music so maybe a different ending could be that she and Jordan like he says you know maybe on he's on tv and he's like my friend britney wrote this song or something like that like maybe it's just like a shout out on television britney and natasha whatever yeah why does the soccer club get to join <laughs> that was my next question why do the wannabes they, they, they latch on they didn't do jack shit in this situation also the dancing is terrible they're not good it's creepy when you juxtapose it to the original music video which just has like decently aged women in it dancing like cool and hip-hop whatever and then why is it eddie this is makes no goddamn sense why is it eddie i don't understand and i rewound to be like did i miss something did eddie say something like i actually have wanted to be a pop star this whole time like if the growth why is eddie this is what perplexes me so deeply where why you couldn't get one more day with Taryn Killam to have him do this music video over again? I don't understand it. I don't get it. Where did this come from? Also, like the the Lang guy, he was like, "You better get this on the right track, or you're both done." And then this man is now the new Tor- Jordan Cahill. Like the right, like, logical loopholes they had to jump through. All right, so so let's talk about this. This is this. Is, so I, I've kind of proposed my two ideas for rewriting this script, and and and. Uh, so here's here here are the the several things I need think need, think need to be rewritten. One, Natasha and Brittany need to be longer friends, or in maybe it's another situation of like she's my friend from my old school and she's come here or whatever. She's my friend. Like maybe from she moved camp and she's when moved here. maybe she like moved away at the end of elementary school and now she moved back or something. Right, like Changed. what what. There, there's this interesting dynamic, you know, we know it in Greece, we know it in High School Musical of like, oh, you met me somewhere else and I'm different here at school. Yeah. And the, the friendship is not long enough for them to be 
like to have this whole journey in like three days. Um, Jordan Cahill should either be younger or should be a female pop star to show the benefits of female friendship. Um, if Jordan Cahill is a female pop star, then we get to focus less on like the adoring and more on the like, you think you want to get out of the suburbs, but really you just want friendship. And like that, I think is a good metaphor, right? Um, that That's what the movie's about, right? Is you can just have a fun life here at home. And then the other side is it make Jordan Cahill really young, make him young and as young as they are, maybe make them all 16, right? What's Aaron Carter then doing I, at this time? In the, what's that? What, what was Aaron, oh, yeah. Car what's, what's Carter, Aaron Carter doing? Aaron Carter like I think that would be interesting because then it's like okay we have you know these girls who are obsessed with this boy and they can kind of mess with his life but then they sort of realize that like that's not fun you know like doing that and and he's so young that it's like he doesn't get to make his own decisions for himself and that that theme is still there right but yeah. maybe he has a controlling parent or something like that and in the end uh first of all we should see Penelope we should see him get back together with Penelope to show that they haven't fucked up his whole life. Um, well, like, what, didn't he say that the the relationship was ending with or without them? Like that that like yeah. felt very like thrown in there to like not make it creepy. Exactly. Like I think I think that's another thing is like maybe he says like you know I think Penelope only wanted to be with me for my fame or something like that, and then they fix it, right? Maybe Penelope shows up and is like, oh, you know, I really wanted to save this old house too. I don't know, and then um. I just think that like the fact that the ending does not involve him in any way is insane. And so I, this is where I'm drawing on like my knowledge of, of movie making is my guess would be that these Disney Channel movies are shot very similarly to the way that Hallmark movies are shot, which is um, we would shoot for about 15 days and that's it. And you have a hundred pages to do in 15 days and it's exhausting and it takes a long time and there's a lot of work involved and scripts can be bad they just go into production right away once you're ready to go you're ready to go it doesn't matter if you don't have everything settled in the script you're gonna shoot it and and that to me is like the biggest weakness of this script is that like there are so many stupid uh ending points and, and it's and it's disappointing because it could have been way yeah. better and just to just to like be fair a lot of the disney channel movies we recapped um always have a rushed ending they're always like kind of nonsensical uh, did you watch get a clue or no well I like i know uh, i haven't because i know that was another one that you were like have you done get a clue and i'm like uh naomi that was episode one where you been but i'm kidding uh but like that one had a rush ending luck of the irish had a rush ending like a lot of these like just like kind of yada yada that the like denouement or whatever and just like be like we done we outie yeah that's that's my big kind of issue overall is that like they they basically rush this ending and it happens in hallmark too i understand um, I really wanted to cover Get a Clue because, like I said, the first Hallmark movie I ever worked on was directed by the woman who directed Get a Clue. Um, and even though I didn't, I didn't get to talk to her about it, like I so desperately wanted to. Yeah. Um, and But then I feel like I would have made her feel old by being like, yeah, so I was one of the kids who watched Get a Clue. <laughs> you know, like you don't ever want to know that you were the target audience. You don't want to know that that person was the target audience for your movie for children, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess this is all to say that I would be curious. It made me really curious to watch other Disney Channel movies. And the one I really want to watch is Pixel Perfect. Okay. Because well, we're doing that I, episode whenever we watch. I'm in. Because, because to me, it was like, well, what happened in Pixel Perfect? Like, 
is it what I remember? Like, and that's a story with like kind of a real romance at the center. So I, I was very curious to check that one out. So that, that's is that with your man, um, Raviv Ullman? Raviv Ullman, yeah. Um, first of all, I love Ricky Ullman. I see him. Well, he changed his name to Raviv, um, or change like he his name is Raviv Ullman. He changed it to Ricky to be less Jewish on television, and now he changed it back because hell yeah, um, and. Raviv Ullman is in New York City and I've seen him like several times on the street and every time I see him like my heart stops and I'm like so excited to see him. He was like Phil, Phil, Phil. (laughs) Because uh, there is like this trend of like these brunette, you know, men on Disney and Nickelodeon that I was in love with. And then there was, you know, Cole Sprouse. Like, you know, it really (laughs) was like the Joe Jonas, the, the even the Drake Bell, the like the the Raviv Ullman of it all like I loved those boys and, and so Cole Sprouse um, who was blonde and Cole Sprouse who's blonde Cole Sprouse hit me up um yeah like that that to me is like I, I loved those guys so much I was that perfect age I mean Zach Efron obviously number one actually and and so uh those were very like uh <laughs> I don't know building movies for me if that makes sense you were very much like the girls in this movie yeah but like i wasn't gonna go like i don't know i wasn't gonna go scream to my mom about how i needed to go see you know the the i never went to see like the high school musical tour or anything you know like i yeah. i wasn't i didn't go to i mean drew seeley was on that not zach Efron. i know that's also very funny yeah so drew seeley i don't know if people really know the story of like drew seeley but like it was a big scandal that they basically found out that drew seeley was singing for zach efron in the first high school musical movie. well they they mixed some zach efron vocals in there like right, it wasn't like zach 100%. Efron is not a yeah zach efron's not a tenor he's he's more of like a baritone they wrote it before like and then they took that in they wrote the songs before they had cast him and then they took that into consideration for the second and the third for like his part. yeah and then they 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 adjusted it to to be more beneficial to his singing voice and I always think that's really interesting that like Drew Seeley kind of just gets shafted in all of this. Like I feel yeah. like you should have just given, um, y- you should just give him, um, you know, I-, I don't know, give Drew Seeley a role in High School Musical too. You know, that's like that would be nice. Yeah, I mean, he got a role in this, Kip slash David. <laughs> but I feel like Drew Seeley, you have an open invite on this podcast if you ever want to do a deep dive in your career, and like I, I will ask. All the questions that you want, you can have your own story shared. Um, I believe he's married with a child, so at least his like life is happy. Um, but yeah, do we want to get into like cast and characters quickly, and then we can do some? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'll just roll through these it's quickly. Only been, what an hour and a half. Wait. Before, okay. Um, I'm gonna go run and get a seltzer. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'm run through parched. this. I'm parched. parched. Go. Okay, Danielle Panabaker as Brittany Ahrens, Brenda Song as Natasha Kwan Schwartz, Taryn Killam as Jordan Cahill, Ryan Bellaville, Bellaville as Eddie, Amanda Shaw as Kaylee Holland, Cece Hedgepeth as Ashley Simon, Je- Jenny Garland as Olivia Hooper. Those three were the were the wannabes. Um, Ted and Stashwick. And you don't even know which one's which. I don't. But one of them has a Wikipedia page. Amanda Shaw. She, I think she's a singer. Uh, no, she's a fiddler. Like, a fiddler, bitch. Yeah. Go off, Queen. Uh, Todd Stashwick as Len, Kirsten Nelson as Susan Aarons, Corey English as Jesse Aarons, Patrick Stogner as Cooper Aarons, La- La- Laura Grice as soccer, uh, parentheses, Olivia's mom, um, Rick Reitz as David Aarons, Drew Seeley as David slash Kip, and Johnny Alonzo as Trent, the music video director. 
Now, mm. did you see this by looking at uh, Todd Stashrook's Wikipedia? That uh, Todd does voices on Phineas and Ferb. No way. Who do you do? Um, Mr. Johnson and additional voices. He's been on seven episodes of Phineas and Ferb. Get out of town. And That's the movie. Why. Ooh. Oh, he's Jeremy's dad? Jeremy know. Johnson's dad? Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. But anyways, do um, we want to do questions or music first? Well, let's talk very quickly about um, the, the guy who directed this, Savage Steve Holland, um, because this guy's career was really fascinating to me. Um, he pivots from like better off dead in like the 80s, like these like um, like pretty dark movies to stuck in the suburbs and then Shredder Man rules legally blondes. Um, big is that, time is that a rush sequel? movie? Legally blondes. legally blondes is is the sequel. Okay. Let, let's see if you have this in your memory bank with the two skinny British bitches from the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. The two skinny ones. The two blonde twins that were like supposed to be the hot ones. I don't remember them. Here, I'll I'll open this. I'll send you this Wikipedia. I remember these bitches. Here, you can um, share screen. And and then um, he di- he directed a ton of television. So he directed um, he directed a ton of like uh, seems like he's he was on like a lot of the eighty stuff. But then like in terms of like kids shows that we know, Keenan and Cal, Sabrina, Evan Stevens, Lizzie McGuire, Full of the Future, Unfabulous, Zoe One Hundred and One, Ned's Classified, Big Time Rush. Like this guy has done honestly the career I wish I had. Um, and, and like respect to him i think this is a well-directed movie i think these these both but all actors in this movie deliver a fantastic performance yeah um uh, the page is trying to load uh oh yeah camilla and rebecca russo these bitches are british and and i yeah i remember them oh we stand incredible they're they're Oh my god, this is such a funny. But yeah. Um, anyways, do we want to do questions first or music first? Besides let's do questions. Okay. Um, so we already talked about AJ's questions. We did Aaron's. Um, Jessica Frey wants us to talk about the fashion and how it was on point. Uh, again, can't emphasize enough. Listen to the interview with look up Mona May. Um, the the Modern Girls interview is really great. Modern Girls does a lot of really great video content on, on certain movies, especially in regards to fashion. And um, in, in, in regards to um, Mona May's costume design, I think that this is a perfect blend of young and, and, and fun with being age appropriate and, and being fashionable. Like when I look at this, this is what I wish I was dressing when I went to limited to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then we don't, this isn't really more of a question, but uh, Jessica Frey says best decom ever. And you reply to her a few times. Um, <laughs> and then do we want to do a, like a reenactment? Or no, not? I just didn't want to get her hopes up that I was going to say that this is the best decom ever because it's not. Yeah. And that's fine. It's still a good decom. But the ending is so bad, it's not a good one. Like, it, it, the ending ruins this movie, to me. Yeah. Um, what if they had just stopped after the concert and the abandoned thing? Or, like, with the kids playing in the playground that they did? Uh, or in the park? 
but then we don't really get a resolution. Yeah, I think that um, the maybe one of the best the best option is still that like maybe they're at a Jordan Cahill concert or maybe they're like they get to be on music update with him, you know, like yeah. something that ties into that poor man that. did not get a credit on the Wikipedia, the music update guy. Well, why are you looking at Wikipedia is my other because I'm lazy. Yeah, I could. But then I feel like I will t- write down every single extra's name and like try to give them credit. Um, but yeah, do we want to talk about the music and the soundtrack? Okay, let's talk about the music. Okay, so uh, the soundtrack is a bop. I've been listening to it on Spotify all day. The only one that wasn't there was Greg Raposo, Take Me Back Home. But we got Haley Duff, A Whatever Life, Jesse McCartney, Good Life, Stacey Orico, Stuck, Annalise Vanderpool, Over It, Steelers Weasel, Stuck in the Middle with You, Whitney Minson, Fade Away, and then Jordan K. Hill. AKA not Taryn Killam, AKA Drew Seeley, more than me, acoustic and pop versions on top of the world and make a wish. Those are the songs of the four Jordan KO songs. Which one is your favorite? Um, the, the definitely the acoustic version of more than me. That, that song whenever, has pretty good lyrics. Whenever I hear that though, whenever I think of it, I, I like just want to say more than you, more than me, not a hope, but a dream. Both of us breaking free. Not a want, but a need. Honestly, it's late. I've been up for very long. (laughs) No, I know the lyrics. Don't. See, I also, the problem is you're going against me, a person who has um, an insane amount of lyrics in my head that I don't know why I have them all memorized, but I do. Do you have the Disney Sing It game on the Wii? I had it. I don't think, I I, no, I had the Glee one. Um, I had both. No, I had volume one and then season two because volume, season one had one volume one and two i had volume one and i had season two um i got the i got the glee christmas album for hanukkah once oh hanukkah favorite. oh hanukkah go light the menorah all right you don't have to right. sing a hanukkah song right now it's fucking april <laughs> that was, that, they, they went off in that i think that's matt Lagory's favorite christmas song in the glee universe um or christmas uh, okay. uh, album song but um well, and, and here's the thing is, I, I don't think any of these songs are particularly good, but I do think the More Than Me is the best one. Yeah. And then like the other songs on the album are great too. So let's just be real. Yeah. the, the I, I would say that if you want to just go back in time, listen to Jesse McCartney's The Good Life. And I had to, I literally had to go, Siri, what song is this? To be like, what song? <laughs> because I, I was like, wait a minute. I know this. I know this. I know this. Um, and that, that, that. That was such a trip down memory lane. Yeah, uh, it was wild. Um, so yeah, before we before we do our closing things, uh, just want to reiterate, Adrian Norris loves you. Um, and then let's talk about who's the MVP of this movie, who's the LVP, and then we'll do scores afterwards. But MVP, do you want to go first? Because I have mine ready. Um, go ahead. I say Natasha. She was the kick in the butt that Jordan needed. Like, without her, Brittany wouldn't have done any of the stuff that she did. Um, like, she also was involved with, uh, like, getting the haircut and pushing Jordan in that direction. And then Len gave Eddie that credit or whatever. Or, no, Jordan gave Eddie that credit. But it was Natasha for me, the MVP. How about you? Yeah, I, I would say Natasha's number one, hands down. Brenda Song, a star, truly a queen, and we love. She did an interview. Um, I feel like it came out in the pandemic, but maybe I'm not sure. Um, where she talked about like her background, especially as an Asian actress. Oh, is and, this one where um, she talked about how she was not 
contacted for to audition for Crazy Rich Asians and that like broke her heart. Like, was it the really long article, like interview? I, I think I think so. And and um, I Brent's think that was like October amazing. 2019 because I remember reading that at Uno's when I worked there. <laughs> um. It, yeah. And to me, like she she's spoken really sort of eloquently on like being an Asian actress. Um, and, and particularly she's like of a certain, uh, ethnic background that like is, yeah, the, the, she, like Hmong, which is like a very, um, diverse, but like sort of ethnically spread out, um, Asian community, I guess I would say, or like an Asian ethnic background. And, and she's talked a lot about that, how she's, she's really one of the only Hmong actresses out there. Anyways, this is all to say that she's amazing. The other MVP. I think of this movie is Eddie. I think Eddie sells what he needs to sell. And honestly, he's not bad in the music video either at the end. He's not bad in it. It's just weird. But he is actually kind of funny to His watch. His look is that. weird. His look is terrible. But like he he like sells it really hard to the camera and you're like oh my god eddie like you know he i i really yeah. appreciate him i was sad when i found out his wikipedia was not or like his his credits were not extensive it was just like he's a canadian comic these days yeah he's, he's just got a lot of like weird comedies under his belt doesn't seem like he's done a lot but like you know he's he seems you know like a good dude he's trying yeah know? and then lvp uh do you want to go first since i went first last time um lvp is the dad and the sister, both of them delivering. Oh, the sister. Well, okay, like LVP in the context of the story. Okay. But LVP is all three of those little bitches, or are there four <laughs> the wannabes? Of them? I can't even, the wannabes. That that's I was gonna give it to them too, uh, but if I can't give it to them, uh, Len. But that's kind of obvious. So, the wannabes. Uh, I, I guess I give it to Cooper because he's creepy. Yeah. But he did hack in the phone. Um. So. Yeah, he'll help. You know. Yeah, and then a score. If you had to give this a zero to five rating, I have mine ready. But you're, as the guest, I would like you to go first. I would give this a seven. I think it's a classic. out of five. Oh, out of five. I thought. Yeah, you, you can do in, you can do integers. Three point five. <laughs> uh, whoops! I'm so dumb. Um. I would give this a 3.5. It's a good movie. Um, it's got a good, like, it's got great performances. It's got some really fun, it's got a fun concept. But I think at the end of the day, it's missing some executional elements that would make it like a really good uh, Disney Channel movie. And it doesn't, it, none of the songs stick with me. At the end of the day, I'm still going to be singing Bet on it. So that's that. I'm giving this a 4.5, but I also think I have more context to some of the other decoms more fresh in my head. And I guess I'm creating it on a curve because it's better than a lot of the other ones. I think it's like one of the more solid ones out there. Like a lot of the plot points didn't stick, but some of them like were not as bad as other ones. And that's why I am giving it a 4.5. I'm leaving the fives and the 4.75s for like better movies, but I think it's definitely better than some of the other ones I talked about. Like HSM, no question, a five. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not on that level, but uh, definitely better than Get a Clue, better than Look of the Irish, better than a few other ones. So yeah, any final thoughts on the movie or on Stuck in the Suburbs? Um, I, again, like I can't, I can't say enough that like the fashion is everything. 
Um, and I, I'm so glad to be here to talk about this because it was like a real trip down memory lane and I had a real fun time. Thanks for having Same me. Same here. I did want to plug uh, a few years ago, Taryn Killam went back to the fountain and took a photo there. And he also did a, a reunion with uh, Danielle Panabaker and some other person. I think it was Len, but I'm not positive. And when I went to the Instagram, it said, nay underscore O underscore me and like, zillions others like this photo uh the first one i don't know you were not the person who showed up for the fountain one. Oh shit <laughs> i probably saw it on like reddit or something and i was like obsessed yeah and, oh, taryn killam is so ugly with the long hair and so cute with the short hair it's like fucked up yeah. like because he's got such pretty blue eyes this little rat bastard but the long hair is like hideous. Oh, Jordan, I'm just staring at photos of Taryn Killam now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jordan Cahill married Robin Sparkles. We love that. Yeah. Like, look, he's adorable. I get it. But like, it's weird. What? Kobe Smulders? No, 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 no. Just, just it's it's weird that he's so old in, um, oh. in this. In this oh, I was like, why is it weird that he married Robin Sparkles? No, that's not weird yeah um that's but, cool yeah. i like that what's colby have you seen the um the the billy on the street where it's with like him? how my your brother is ending because i i say to myself all the time i go what's colby smolder's gonna do because that's just like a line that yeah. really i you know who i watched uh billy on the street with uh that was a show we watched like a zillion episodes me emma and uh, her boyfriend uh Emma Rose, a queen that you've had yeah. on your podcast before. And we just like watched it. We, my favorite was the Big Bird, Michelle Obama and Elena episode where they play, is this a carrot or is it an Ariana Grande song? Oh. Yeah, I love that. But I, I just, I, I, I say to myself all the time, what's Kobe Smulders going to do when Jason Siegel's doing movies? And then I just relate out. <laughs> Jason Siegel did not do movies myself. afterwards, except for sex tape. Well, was Forgetting Sarah Marshall before that? Before, yeah. Oh. Well, he did the Muppets movie, bitch. Fuck you. That was it before that, too. What? No, that yeah, the last true. thing I heard about... Actually, no. Jason Siegel was in a pavement in Boston, a pavement coffee shop one time, and that was like a hullabaloo around my school. But then uh, the only other thing I've heard about Jason Siegel in the last five years is that there was this guy who was eating a photo of him every single day until Jason Siegel and oh, <laughs> I love that. That man is iconic. I remember that shit on Vine. Bro, that guy's iconic. Um, hang on, let me look it up. Jason Siegel, uh, blah, 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 blah. Freaks and Geeks, a great show. 20, 2005 to 2014. Okay, so here's the thing. He filmed Forgetting Sarah Marshall and The Muppets and The End of the Tour. Um, he actually, wow, he, uh, no, he was the one who wanted out of How I Met Your Mother before, like, he wanted to end it, like, by season seven or whatever, and yeah. they had to and keep, like, pulling it back in. Um, okay, first of all, if you haven't, uh, seen, um, is The Discovery the one about suicide? Uh, yeah, this, The Discovery is a weird one. Um, if you haven't seen The End of the Tour, I would, my boyfriend likes that movie, I think it's pretty good. Um, and, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Jason yeah. Siegel's doing movies. He is. He's Jewish, though. Mazel. Thank God. I think we all saw that in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, oh, oh. I, I saw that movie a long time ago. I don't remember it. 
And I, I'm pretty sure I watched it like with my high school boyfriend. So we probably like fast forwarded through that part to be like, oh, no. our parents are so mad at us. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways. Oh, no. Fountain pick. Sorry, I'm like obsessively looking through the internet now to find the. Go to the TMZ link. Do Taron kill him? Stuck in the suburbs, and then there's a TMZ yeah. article that he went to the fountain. Uh, okay. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Continue. In the meantime, do you have anything to plug? Like, where can people keep up with you? What have you been up to? Oh my god. Where can people keep up with me? Um. Look, I'm on Twitter. I'm on the internet. Follow me on Instagram. I feel like I want more Instagram followers right now. I'm just very narcissistic that way. Aren't we all? Um, uh, uh, N-A-Y underscore O-H underscore M-I. Um, Naomi. And um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Naomi Calhoun. Um, and... Um, I don't know. I'm not that interesting. Oh, listen to Mike White was robbed. It's my new podcast. Um, I'll give you the scoop. Next week's episode. Well, first of all, we're having the amazing Dr. Amanda Rabinowitz on. Um, I've got episodes with Felipe. I've got episodes with my friend Jared, MJC of Pilot Season. I would say, you know what? Some of the most fun I ever had on a podcast besides this is, is Pilot Season with MJC. Um, I'm a newer old guy. We did season two, episode one. Um, I am around. If you just want to hang out, let me know. Um, uh, but don't put that invitation special... out there. Like, no. you have to pass a test. <laughs> like, okay, I don't know. Okay, like, yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah. But also, um, uh, more than anything, most importantly, uh, check out in the future new Mike White was robbed episode with uh Peridium coming out soon. So Come I'm on, super Billy. excited about that. Come on, Billy. <laughs> Billy on the street on Naomi's podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Peridium. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, in terms of where you can keep up with me, you can keep up with the Brazilian Dragon podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Brazil Dragon Pod and email us at BrazilDragonPod at gmail.com. That's still around. Ooh. No one emails me. Send me an email if you're listening to this. I want to see your what emails. Is, wait, what is it? <laughs> no, uh, BrazilDragonPod at gmail.com. Yes, and we just did episode 50, and episode 51 was just released as well. So let me start with 50, Zillennial Theme Song Bracket. It was lit. If you haven't listened to it yet, listen, and you can rage on the internet like one Navi Bao. Um, I don't know why I said that like a country accent, but Miss Navi uh, had opinions. A queen. Literally, Naomi and Navi needs a podcast together. I'm manifesting that. Um, I love her. I love that bitch she's iconic um but yeah uh that was with me jacob and dr nicole horn dr horny if you're nasty um oh sorry jenny i, I don't know if you're still listening to this after the many times naomi I bet, I bet she gave up. yeah um but then also episode 51 we did scooby-doo 2 monsters unleashed with jacob navi and will and we talked about the word mommy and if we should normalize it or abnormalize it we talked about my favorite moment in cinematic history Bunny, and yeah lots of shenanigans were had and then uh we're doing another scooby snacks and chat on saturday so get your questions in scooby doing the lackless monster with spoiler alert the winner of survivor new zealand thailand is going to be joining us Ooh. naomi loves that season i i love that season uh everyone yes. an icon yes 
Um, and then over on What You Doing, Naomi has been on What You Doing. We talked about it. it's yes, about I time have. when Peter the Panda. Um, but we did just us three. Um, we did an episode on Run Away, Runway, and Ice Cream You Scream, the busted episode. I can see the things. You do. Sorry, I'm gonna get singing here. But yeah, you can follow us at What You Doing Pod. Um, and then otherwise, uh, just just stick around. We got things coming together and yeah i hope everyone has a lovely day naomi any final thoughts um all i have to say is wear your mask stop asian hate black lives matter all the good stuff because stay woke everybody keep your eyes open yes uh retweet everything naomi said um yeah and support local businesses especially black owned and asian owned businesses as not, not aj tweeting i do not clubhouse often but when i do six hour minimum is a high likelihood tagging you and navi i wasn't even there for the end like wow <laughs> if they're still on clubhouse we're gonna hop on but Love anyways them. uh yeah more than me more than you naomi we are peacing out goodbye everyone dab on the way out I never dreamed someone could see back to who I was and to all I could be. Only your love can make me believe I could be something more, so much more. I never dreamed someone could see back to who I was and to all I So much more than me. So much more than me. It was a little off, but who cares?